when Nigel Marsh turned 60. He realised that his most conventionally successful days might be behind him. But what does that actually mean? After a long and lucrative career as a top executive, Nigel knew the day would come when he had to step back and slow down. Nigel's gone from running big organisations with hundreds of staff to overseeing just one employee, himself. And while it takes humility to accept such a huge change, his new, more independent work life has come with its own perks. So what is the different kind of success that Nigel has found after turning 60? My name is Dr. Amantha Imba. I'm an organisational psychologist and the founder of behavioural science consultancy Inventium. And this is How I Work, a show about how to help you do your best work. On today's My Favourite Tip episode, we go back to an interview from the past and I pick out my favourite tip from the interview. In today's show, I speak with Nigel Marsh about his work self-identity changing significantly as he approached turning 60. So something you write about is um, that you had to accept that your most, in inverted commas, conventionally successful days might be behind you, kind of referring, I guess, to those, you know, objective career peaks, like being a CEO, for example. And I, I would love to know what, what that felt like when you came to that realisation. How did you get there as well? Well, well, I mean, I got there really easily just by opening my eyes. <laughs> As I drive around in my Kia Rio watching 27-year-olds in their Aston Martin. And as I read the press of some knob jockey in New York has just been made. <laughs> so so the, the, the understanding it is completely easy. I, I actually um, – they're all lovely people. I, I, I – uh, um, judge to think called the Effies recently, you know, one of the, you know, one of the judges. And, and, and then I'd, for some reason I'd accepted to go to the actual awards and present an award, which I, I usually just judge and don't go to the thing. But it's brilliant. You're just walking around going, you know, there's always people thrusting, positioning, telling you, you know, whatever. And then you go, so that's where the action is. And, and, and that's completely fine. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, sitting there in my secondhand clothes wanting to take an early taxi. Um, so it, it, it comes back to those four values, you know, honesty, humility, just be clear. I do not run a multinational uh, company with, with, with 15,000 employees. I, I have one employee. You're talking to him. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and then I think the second part of the question was, how does that feel? It feels great. It feels fantastic. I, I, I wouldn't swap places in a million years. And I think the, I think the, key again back to those four values i spoke about is the honesty part so what you can do is you can be a little bit oppositional and go "Ooh, that person not very good really and that firm that they run isn't very no no no. she is really really bright and really successful and earns lots and lots of money and is very powerful those are all the facts And, and and more so than me and you're great, as opposed to having to, the only way you can be comfortable with it is deny that, that he or she is. Does, does that make sense? You, mm. you, you know, Rupert Murdoch has much, much, much more money and power than I do. 
But Nige, what what I'm wondering, like, how do you transfer? Because I imagine, um, you know, and, and we know each other when you were CEO of Leo Burnett, and I was uh, a mere minion on the on the on the shop floor, uh, looking. How brilliant was I? Yeah, <laughs> but you were you were you were the best CEO that I've ever um, experienced working for, and and I say that you know not just because I'm talking to you, um, but like. As a CEO, I would imagine that you attach so much of your self-identity to that role and to what you do for work. How did you almost de-attach that and come not to measure your life by things that are, you know, sort of obviously successful? So, gosh, that's, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. It, it is, one answer is the, the Fat 40 and Fired experience. Where, where from then I, I, I worked at it a lot. I didn't want that to be my identity. I, I was very uh, committed to trying to do the best job I could and be good at that job, but not make it me. Post, I mean, you know, I, <clears throat> people might forget if they know me in Australia, but before I was a straight down the line conventional career warrior. So I've done that. And the way I was rewarded was I was made redundant. So that's a useful lesson. You go, well, so, I, so I, I did what everyone else said and I obeyed the rules and I got flipped onto the scrap heap. So then when, when you met me at Leah Burnett, that was post my year off having done some reflection and coming back. So different to if you'd known me when I was the CEO of my first agency in, in Australia. I'm still hopefully good at it and a nice bloke, but I was, you know, I hadn't done the serious, proper, proper reflection of how I wanted to be. Um, but a second part, to this is me giving up drinking was quite a instructive process in other areas of my life. So uh, I haven't had a drink in 20 years and um, when, when I, I, I hadn't, I gave up drink before I took over Leah Burnett as the CEO. And the process of giving up drink, which was not easy if you had based your life around alcohol, which I had for the previous 40 years, um, you discover that it's down to you. And so it's about, I learned about putting meaningful, permanent change into your life. It just happened to be, I learned it about drink. Um, you go, if I'm going to make this fundamental shift in my life, I can't be doing it for the affirmation, attention and approval of other people. And I can't be doing it expecting the support of other people. I mean, nice if I got it, but I can't be expecting it. It's a real proper, this you know, if it is to be, it is up to me type deal. And, and I meant it, so I gave up drink and, you know, idiots would try and get me to drink or mock me for not drinking or I wouldn't be able to go and have friendly, you know, nights out or whatever. But it, it was, you know, this is going to happen. The main thing's the main thing, the main thing. And that experience uh, helped me in a secret, passionate bid not to fall into the trap that you're talking about. If you enjoyed this excerpt of my chat with Nigel, you might enjoy listening to the whole interview, which you can find a link to in the show notes. If you're looking for more tips to improve the way that you work, I write a short fortnightly newsletter that contains three cool things that I've discovered that help me work better, ranging from software and gadgets that I'm loving through to interesting research findings. You can sign up for that at howiwork.co. That's howiwork.co. Thank you for sharing part of your day with me by listening to How I Work. 
If you're keen for more tips on how to work better, connect with me via LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm very easy to find. Just search for Amantha Imber. How I Work was recorded on the traditional land of the Wurundjeri people, part of the Kulin Nation. I am so grateful for being able to work and live on this beautiful land, and I want to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. How I Work is produced by Inventium with production support from Deadset Studios. And thank you to Martin Nimba, who did the audio mix and makes everything sound better than it would have otherwise. <laughs>